Welcome to another edition of the Business and Personal Podcast, where we bring you closer to the people you do, do business with. And uh, this one, we're going to touch more on the personal side and kind of a tough topic, but an important topic. We're going to talk about suicide today and happy to be joined by Ann Perry. She's the Michigan Area Director for the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention. She's been with them in some way, shape or form for a decade now. So Ann, first of all, glad uh, we got our technical difficulties figured out and uh, you could join us here today. Yeah, I'm very happy to be here, Ryan. Thank you for the opportunity. So before we get into this, just kind of tell our listeners about yourself a little bit and uh, why you've decided to be a part of the AFSP for so long. So um, in January of 2007, I lost a very good friend of mine, Mark, to suicide. Um, And it really just shook my world up. And I needed to find a way to channel that grief and that loss into something positive. Um, later that year after his death, I found, uh, the out of the darkness walk, which I will hopefully talk about at some point during this time today, which is one of our main awareness events and fundraising events that we do, um, at AFSP. And it was at that walk that I immediately felt connected uh, to this group of people that understood that, that specific kind of loss and, and it felt like a safe space. So it immediately felt like the right place for me to be. And then over the years, just became more involved first as a volunteer in uh, many different capacities. And then um, over the last couple of years in this role as area director. Yeah, I can certainly see how the, that personal experience would have drawn you so close to this organization. So just tell people a little bit about them and, and the Michigan uh, division of AFSP. So AFSP is a national organization. We have chapters in all 50 states. Um, And then here in Michigan, we have our Michigan chapter, formerly known as the Southeastern Michigan chapter. um, And before that, the Metro Detroit Ann Arbor chapter. We have been around for about 15 or 16 years now, but just in the last few years, we've been operating as um, a full chapter for the state. So in a lot of ways, we're still learning what that looks like. But if people that have heard of us before, that's why you might see the majority of our presence is still in that Southeastern part of the state, because that's where we've been the longest. So we're trying to, you know, spread out and reach as many people um, also into the UP and into northern parts of the lower peninsula as well. Fantastic. And there was a huge need for your services well before the pandemic hit. And that just added on to the challenges um, that people are dealing with, with mental health and just life in general. What have you noticed in the last year, an increase in inquiries and people looking for help? So what's interesting, well, first of all, when we look at data, real, it takes, there's a, a significant lag time. It takes about two years to get real accurate data. Um, so I will say that the initial reports that we're getting out of 2020 are actually looking okay. There has not been an increase so far of what we've seen as far as suicides go. Um, now, what there has been an increase in is reports of increased anxiety, increased depression, but it, there's hope if you look within those words, and that means that people that are experiencing, um, you know, extra depression or anxiety due to all things 2020 and, and Corona, that they are using the right resources and tools to their advantage to not get to that point. So while we see an increase in number to the suicide prevention lifeline or to local prevention centers, that's a positive. That means that people are seeking the treatment that they need. So. Um, And one thing too that's been interesting is this is the first time in history where we've had a public health crisis wherein mental health has been a large topic of conversation. It's been a large part of it. 
Um, we've heard a lot more about self-care than we ever did in the last year. So, and all of those things help to normalize the conversation around mental health, which again, feeds into people knowing that it's the right thing to do. It's the strong thing to do, to reach out and get the help that they need. Yeah, I think you're exactly right. Like you see so many more campaigns, public service campaigns all over the place, billboards, TV, radio, internet that are creating more awareness to this and trying to just get rid of that stigma. Um, that you're defeated if you seek mental health help. Like there's celebrities, high profile people that have come out. And I think that sort of thing makes a huge difference as well. It does make a huge thing and, and have or a huge difference. And having these conversations, I mean, if you if you talk about suicide with someone that's suicidal, it's not going to increase the odds of anything happening. It, it's quite the opposite. If you just by in other words, by talking about this, you're not going to put an idea in someone's head. If someone has suicidal ideation, it's been there. And by talking about it and by normalizing the conversation, it actually has quite the opposite effect. It it makes them feel like they're in this safe space and a space where they can talk about it and they know that they're supported. And, and when we feel that we're supported, we're gonna you know, then go on to get the help that we need. So you're right, the more celebrities that are out there talking about it, the more people such as yourself that are covering it in the media in a positive way, um, you know, the better. And the more people will, will continue to release or get rid of that stigma and move on, move the needle forward. On that note about having conversations about suicide, uh, you're, the AFSP website, has 10, in, 10 facts that I thought were really interesting. And we don't have time to cover them all, but I pulled a few of them out. And the one on there that really jumped out at me is do not be afraid to talk to a friend or family member that you feel is at risk. How many times do you hear someone um, does kill themselves? And there were plenty of warning signs out there, social media posts, different things. If someone would have just stepped up and talked to that person might've saved their life. Talk about the importance of intervening and stepping in when you see concern like that. 100%. Um, you know, for too long, this has been, suicide has been talked about in hushed tones. And just like we were talking about before, we need to be more open in, in discussing it. And, you know, studies show us that um, people who have attempted in the past have said that if someone would have come to them in between or asked them before in, in the moments leading up to or the time leading up to that crisis point, that they would have accepted that help and, and gone and gotten that. So, um, and we also know that we often think that we'll, we'll talk with each other. So say I might talk to my friend about Joe, um, you know, in hushed tones again, and oh, hey, I'm worried about him. Hey, my friend says, yeah, me too. But neither of us are directly talking to Joe because we're still afraid to have that real conversation, that one-on-one. -on -one. And we, we need to, we need to get to that point. And like I said before, just saying the word suicide isn't going to put that idea in someone's head. Um, it's going to help them realize that you're a safe person, a trusted person that they can go to. And we need to assume that you're the only one that's going to initiate that conversation because often so many times are, you know, people are, are afraid to. So if you're concerned about someone, you need to trust your gut and initiate that, that conversation. And, and also one of the facts on there, 90% of people that die by suicide have underlying conditions, but they're very treatable. Um, why don't you talk about that a little bit, maybe some of these conditions that are very treatable. 
And what's important about that is 90% that can be undiagnosed. So that includes people that don't know that they might have a mental health condition. And, and that can obviously depression we see um, as a major factor. And, and, but it's also important to know that just because you have a mental health condition or something that you're dealing with, that doesn't mean you're necessarily going to go on to contemplate suicide or to, or to attempt suicide. So um, I, these are, especially nowadays, there are so many different treatment options. And it's also important to know if you're at a place where you do need to seek professional help, that there is no one um, blanket solution or blanket fix for, uh, for everyone, and that it might take some time, whether it's a combination of um, seeing a therapist or maybe some medications. It's going to look different for everyone, but that there is always, always help, always hope. And what's kind of frustrating that things that I've seen from the outside looking in, it just kind of seems like government funding, not only is it not being added to for mental health, for several years there, they were taking money away for mental health. Where do we stand on that? Is there hope that more money is going to be pumped into that in the future? There is hope. Um, I mean, we say that, you know, our ideal goal here is to have mental health treated the same way and viewed the same way as we do any physical physical health. So, um, you know, we've seen a lot of a lot of funding put into cancer research, AIDS research, and how incredible that that's helped them, you know, in those with those to help cure those diseases. And really mental health needs to be looked at the exact same way. So we at AFSP, um, we do advocate quite a bit. Um, we have, um, we advocate on a local level and on a national level. And one of the things that we do fight for when we're looking at policy change is to provide more funding, um, whether it's for local uh, crisis centers to have more funding um, or looking at uh, the, you might've heard that the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline number is turning into a three digit number, 988, which will take into effect next year. That's huge. All of these little things that then you will have relieve that burden on the 911 operators who might not be equipped with how to deal with a psychological crisis. So for one, there's that. Now you have an entire set of people dedicated you know, for that. That's the crisis line in general. But now you have a new generation of people that will grow up knowing that it's okay if they have a psychological crisis and that it's just the same as uh, you know, 911. And we're working to get, here in Michigan, um, we're working to hard over the last many years to have two of the eight in-service hours for teachers be mandated towards suicide prevention so that our teachers who are working directly with children will be able to, um, you know, recognize warning signs and know how to help students. Um, we've also pushed for, and, and we are now, it's been passed to have the suicide prevention lifeline printed on the back of all student IDs. Um, so there's quite a bit, you know, that we do to really push things forward in, in the advocacy world. And certainly a large part of that is more funding. And the media is influence, very influential in everything in life, it seems like. And what is their role? And, and, and I know you have a lot of different bullet points that you, how you suggest the media covers suicide. Um, what is their role to try to help in this cause of limiting suicide? Well, I think that the way that we talk about suicide matters and it's very important. So some takeaways for everyone, certainly those in the media, but also for everyone in general, when we speak about suicide, um, a couple of major things to remember. One, um, we don't wanna say commit. Commit has a negative connotation towards it. So instead we wanna say died by suicide or took his or her or their life. Um, so that's number one. The second thing is 
this is as far as you know in media we would hear if it leads it leads and this sensationalized you know these big stories and flashy stories this is not a time for that um we don't need to know the method in which someone used um when they die by suicide so we never want to discuss the means um that also goes just when you're talking with friends it's just not a necessary part of the story um and we need to, and that goes back to then thinking about that this person died as a result of their depression or their untreated mental illness. I don't need to know how it happened. It's just not important. And um, so when journalists, and when we get those things right and talk about this in the right way, and we talk about the person's life, not in how they died. And we talk about um, the hope that does remain out there. And, and we always add in resources and the lifeline at the bottom of the screen. And then you're sending the message that there is help and that there is always hope. We always wanna end those stories on a positive note. We don't wanna accidentally trigger anyone who might be struggling, which can happen when we talk about means. Um, and again, it's all these things, I keep saying safe space, safe space, but that's what it's about. You're, we're creating this smart culture um, or a culture that's smart about mental health and we're doing it, creating one big warm fuzzy safe space for everybody mm -hmm. to know that it's okay. So um, I think it's very important how we talk about it. I also think the 24 hour call line is very important too, because you know what, if you don't capture that person right in that moment, you may not get them back, you know? Um, so you do have a 24 hour line through the AFSP. So just kind of talk about that and, and how people can utilize that. Yes, I mean, we, we certainly know that when someone has reached that point of crisis, you're absolutely right. Time is so important. So if we can get someone talking, then we can get them to the to the, the point where they can directly get, you know, to seek help. Um, so we at AFSP, we do not run the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline that's run by SAMHSA, but we do, you know, for, we promote it. Um, so that lifeline is 1-800-273-TALK. Um, and that is available 24 seven. Um, and as well as the crisis text line for those people who are comfortable using text which is uh, 741-741, and that's also 24-7. Um, both the Lifeline and the Crisis Line are manned by trained volunteers and staff who um, are there for this sole reason. People feel like, oh, I don't want to bother anyone. No, no, they want your call. They want to do this. They are passionate about, about helping you. Um, and it's also important to note that it's not just for a, a moment of crisis. Um, it can be if you're just looking for resources and you don't really know where to start. It can also be for if you're concerned about someone else. It doesn't have to be your own personal struggle. If I'm concerned about my friend, I can call and, and, and get resources as well. And I mentioned earlier about providing funding for those crisis centers. And what I meant by that and why that's so important is if someone calls the National Lifeline, they most of the time, ideally, it will be routed to a local crisis center near them. And that's where we need the funding to have more of those because what that then does is allows me to connect with someone who's local to me and knows the resources, knows my community, knows my, you know, the culture in, in my town and knows, you know, more one-on-one, -on -one, more personalized experience to get you, get you help. So there are also um, many other crisis lines in Michigan alone, um, majority of which are all funneled through that lifeline as well too. No, Anne, you, you just touched on something interesting that I hadn't thought about. People always think of these suicide lines that you call only if you are personally having a problem. But going back to what we were talking about before of reaching out to friends or family that you think are dealing with these issues, absolutely utilize that line. And one of those experts might give you the perfect advice 
that you approach that perf person in the perfect manner that solves yeah. the problem. Absolutely, they're definitely there to help you um, walk you through even how to approach someone, similarly to how we talked about, you know, how to start that conversation with someone. Um, so people should definitely take advantage of that. And I will add, of course, if there is um, a suicide, an active suicide crisis moment, um, if someone is in the moment of attempting, then you would want to call 911 rather than um, rather than that. Right. And you had mentioned earlier some events that the AFSP has. So what are some things coming up maybe people can get involved in and, uh, and contribute in any way? Yeah. Um, so I mentioned our Out of the Darkness Walks. Those are our main outreach and fundraising events that we have. Um, every fall, we have 10 throughout Michigan, and a complete list of those can be found at afsp.org slash Michigan. Um, and then in the spring, we do have campus walks. So we just wrapped those up for U of M and Michigan State and a couple of others. Um, but now we're really gearing up towards our fall walk season because those are our main events. And they are both for survivors of loss, such as myself, or for people who have lived experience, which is just a term for someone who has attempted or who currently struggles or has struggled. And they're also for people who support someone in their life who might have lived experience, as well as people who just want to come and support the cause. Um, and each walk is a little different, but they all have a very similar safe space, again, that, that feel to it. Um, and there's resources local to your community and um, entertainment often sometimes. We still have some, some fun when we're there. It's not all, I explain this to people and people think that they're, you know, these sad, heavy days and they're really not. People leave feeling connected and hopeful and, and hopefully at peace of it. It's just exciting to think that we don't have to do those virtually now. We can actually get outside. And, it's <laughs> and very <gather>. exciting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So uh, I always like to kind of close with a success story you know, on a happy note, like you said. So do you have like maybe a success story that you can share something memorable from your time being in the foundation where you really saw someone turn things around? Um, I, I can share that at, at first it doesn't seem like a success story, but it 100% is. Um, at one of our walks several years ago, there was a gentleman who was very clearly um, going through something. And he was there at the walk and, and I myself was there as were a few other volunteers who noticed this gentleman. Um, so I approached him and, and not to go into too many details, but I immediately knew then that there, there was an issue and that he was in distress. Um, I then went to someone else who then very um, discreetly reached out to a couple of first responders that there were actually policemen that were there. And, and because the policemen had been trained, because I had been trained, because the other volunteer had been, we were able to approach this gentleman in a way that didn't scare him um, and where everyone else was safe and he was safe. The, the policemen handled it perfectly because their entire police department had gone through training. That's something else that we do at AFSP is try to work with our first responders. And so they know how to deal with someone who's in crisis. Um, and I will tell you again, not going into details, without that training, everyone did everything 100% by the books. They did it, we all did it so perfectly. And without that, that really could have gone a different way. Um, so it was because of the training and because of, you know, what, what we've learned through not just AFSP, but other organizations and just um, knowing that it's okay to talk about these things and how to handle someone in crisis such as that. Um, that that situation has stuck out with me quite a bit, and that gentleman was able to get the help that he needed that day. 
That is fantastic. That's direct, directly saving somebody's life from an event. And, you know, just one of many, I'm sure, success stories for this organization over the years. And um, give out the website again, because that's probably the best place for people to start. It's loaded with information uh, where they can reach out from there. Yeah, so AFSP.org slash Michigan um, has a complete list too. We have a lot of great upcoming trainings. Uh, right now we are offering, we were able to pivot pretty quickly last year um, and is now an extra tool in our toolbox where we were, are able to pre, uh, present all of our core programming virtually. And we are still doing that. I'm happy to say that we are going to be offering that in the in in real life, in person again, um, very soon now, but um, we will also be offering things virtually. So right now there's a list of some upcoming virtual programs, as well as those 10 community walks that I mentioned, all the way from Traverse City to Grand Rapids to Detroit. Hopefully there's one near you. Um, but if anyone that's been affected by suicide in any way, I would highly recommend attending one of those events. There is no fundraising uh, requirement. Obviously, you know, we encourage it. It's how we're able to provide programming and resources throughout the state, but um, there's no requirement for that. We just want you to come and feel part of, of this community. Um, and then also we are accepting volunteers. Uh, we're still looking for to fill quite a few volunteer spots, whether it's helping out the day of one of these walks or even helping to hop on one of the planning committees. And we have 10, I could, I could talk for a whole other hour. We have all kinds of other work and different volunteers that we're looking for as well. So you can fill out an application at AFSP.org slash Michigan too. Very good. So there's the website, go check it out. There's endless amount of opportunities to help out. And thanks for coming on. Thanks for everything you and the AFSP do. Just huge, huge work. Uh, we hope things continue to grow for you down the road. Thank you so much, Ryan.